Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Welcome back, dear friends. We are um, about a week away from the anniversary of Kristallnacht in 1938, and we are in a peculiar situation where we see anti-Semitism all around the globe. It's not just in the beer halls of Munich. We're seeing it outside the Sydney Opera House. We're seeing it on the streets of uh, UK. We're seeing it in China. Uh, Absolutely stunning. And... um, even Brit Hume, that uh, maven of the media, sounds a little bit surprised. This was with Brett Bay yesterday, cut six. So, Brett, quickly, are you surprised, I think I am, by the breadth and depth of the anti-Semitism, not only around the world, but here in this country? Exactly. You know, we saw that hideous incident yesterday in, in Russia where that plane landed and was greeted by a mob shouting for the heads of the Jews. But in the American college campuses and elsewhere in this country, we, hear, we see this. You know, I thought, to me, anti-Semitism was something that many, many years ago in this country was kind of common. It was casual, but it was widespread. Um, I thought it had become a sentiment that you never wanted to be caught dead expressing, even what, no matter what you felt, that it was unacceptable, taboo. Uh, I guess not, because what we're seeing now is a lot more of it than I ever imagined even existed. A lot more of it than I imagined ever existed. Let's analyze and break down the events of the last three weeks with uh, one of your favorites, our regular author of the book, Donald J. Trump, a president like no other, Lord Conrad Black. Welcome back to America First. Thanks, Sebastian. Um, is it fair to make the observations that um, those two journalists made? Because if we go back in time, uh, we there was not just isolationism in America; there was also, you know, pro-Nazi sentiment, the Lindberghs et al. Or, or are we looking at something qualitatively different in terms of the breadth across the world of what seems to be globalized anti-Semitism? Uh, I, it's so complicated yeah. and, uh, and it's so <clears throat> tangled up with these questions about uh, allocation of territory in the Middle East that, that it's a little difficult to answer without seeming to be flippant. But I want to agree with – I don't always agree with Brit Hume, but I do certainly agree with Brit on this. Uh, I, I had no idea that there was the – uh, the the anti-Semitism in this continent that that has been manifest because you see it is an absolute nonsense for these demonstrators to claim that they are merely championing a Palestinian state. Everyone knows Palestine could have had a state any time in the last twenty five years, but they didn't. They they would not accept. 
the right of Israel to exist as a Jewish state. So what they're really calling for is not only their own state, but the elimination of the state of Israel as a Jewish state, and and the either subjugation, expulsion, or uh, murder of of the Jews. And um, uh, there, and for all they would care anyone else as well, although that's even they acknowledge is beyond their uh, their jurisdiction. But uh, it, I, I mean, I understand the Palestinians want a state. Uh, I, I, do, I do not agree that their claims are as legitimate as as they say. But in fairness, as we've discussed before, in the pressures of World War One, the British effectively promised the same territory to both the Palestinians. And Jews. So there, there is some element of a claim the Palestinians have. But but that is a claim to part of that territory. It's not a claim to exterminate or cause to cease to exist the Jewish state of Israel. And, and when people are, in effect, demanding termination of the Jewish state of Israel, I am afraid that what they are, are the position they're taking is, to use your phrase, qualitatively undistinguishable from the Nazis. Now, I, 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 I don't know that Palestinian opinion would attempt to have the, uh, the ability to, to produce such a so-called solution as the Nazis did, but it certainly wouldn't be surprising. And those who can continue to demonstrate all over the world in favor of a movement that has just committed the utter infamies that, that Hamas did three weeks ago, uh, they cannot spare themselves or defend themselves from the charge of being qualitatively indistinguishable from the Nazis. I mean, older people than we remember and all of us have read of the tremendous rage of the United States after the attack at yes. Pearl Harbor. The Japanese didn't attack civilians. I mean, it was outrageous what they did, yeah. but they were military targets. And, right. and um uh, there have been many comparisons with 9/11, and I think that's a perfectly fair comparison. But but, it, it, but even that was just a massacre of the innocents, without regard to who they were. I mean, I, 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 the, Bin Laden didn't stipulate that they couldn't kill a single Muslim. He just wanted to take the buildings down and, and make a display. And uh, it, this is particularly odious and evil series of acts that, in effect, these demonstrators are defending yeah. as a legitimate gesture in what they claim is a resistance. Of course, it isn't a resistance. They can have their state at any time they want it. Or maybe well, they, they were offered it back in 1947. I mean, they, uh, they were offered it then, and they've been offered it repeatedly by the Israeli government in the last 30 years. And, and uh, under, I think, five different prime ministers yes. of three different parties. And and, um, and and they wouldn't take it because, well, like, it attempted to maintain this fiction in world opinion that all they wanted was a little territory for themselves. Since they would not accept the right of Israel to exist as a Jewish state, it was a fraud. They weren't. They weren't just asking for a state. They were asking for the extermination of another state. From uh... and. Uh, from the river to the sea, as the chant goes. You, you yeah. are a historian of note, Lord Black, and I, I want to share this little video clip I found yesterday, um, quite remarkable, on the topic of Palestine from the soon-to-be-deposed Shah of Iran talking to Mike Wallace back in 1978. It's a fascinating clip. Uh, let's play, Derek. The Palestinians obviously had the sympathy of many, many people, many, well, almost all the countries in the world, 
prosecuted people, stateless people, uh, looking for a home or something. Yeah. You know, exactly like the sympathy that the Jews had when they were searching for a home. Right. But our good Palestinian friends must know that there is only a limit to where they can go and bully the world. Bully the world? Yes, by terrorism and blackmailing and this and that. You know perfectly well, Your Majesty, that the leaders of the Arab world find the Palestinians as much a problem almost as the Israelis do. Isn't that a fact? What I can say is that they should really open their eyes, reassert their situation. And if there is a hierarchy and someone there in command... Of the Palestinians, you mean? Of the Palestinians to start a new policy, because the actual one is going to lead them nowhere. With whom do they really have understanding? With uh, Assad, with Sadat, with Hussein? That's a very good question. <laughs> a wry smile, that's a very good question. Isn't this the, the subject that isn't spoken of enough? The, uh, the Arab nation's relation to the quote-unquote Palestinians, Lord Black? <clears throat> Entirely. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. I mean, I, I know from my having been the owner of the Jerusalem Post for many years and having got around that area and met the Arab leaders as well as the Israeli ones, that, um, I mean, not all the Arab leaders, but many of them, that um, when you got them to speak informally and not for the record, they they basically consider the Palestinians, the Lebanese Christians, and the Jews all to be sharpers, you know, sharp, smart people. Uh, uh, who have taken advantage of the Arabs, and um, I mean the, the, the non-Palestinian Arabs, and uh, and and the whole Palestinian issue was devised by Nasser and taken up by most of the Arab world, now, really uh, as a distraction of the Arab masses for the misgovernment they were receiving yes. from almost all of their rulers. The whole thing has been a fraud, and unfortunately. The Palestinians themselves, especially the PLO, didn't realize. I mean, they actually apparently believed the Arab leaders liked them, but, and they didn't understand that when Turkey and Iran, after the 
utterly infamous behavior of the Carter administration in undercutting the Shah. And we've just heard in the cut you had a few minutes ago uh, uh, how great a statesman we lost in that yeah. case compared yeah. to the lunatics that have come after him in Iran. That, that, that uh, when this militant Islamic Iran and, and Turkey, having had the door slammed in its face by the enlightened Europeans, uh, started to encroach upon the Arab world. The Arab powers have recognized that, that Israel is a valuable ally against their ancient Turkish and Persian enemies. Uh, let's address the broader issue. I don't let anti-Semites uh, on the show, um, especially of that ilk, but, but there is... There is this branch or this splinter in the conservative movement that does say, uh, this isn't our war, this is Israel's to solve, and it has nothing to do uh, with us. I mean, can one be a conservative and say that the slaughter of innocents in, 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 in Israel is irrelevant? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say, I, I have not heard it formulated so starkly as that by anyone that I would take seriously. Uh, I, the, there is a bit of an element of isolationism. And, and by the way, in reference to that person who phoned, I, my guess is you wouldn't have anyone on who was as hostile as this guy was to Jews, if we're hostile to other people like the Palestinians. I mean, I, I, my impression is you aren't interested in having hate mongers no. come onto your program and, and waste the time of your listeners and yourself. But uh, regardless of who it is, they're antagonistic to. Uh, but but um, I, I, I find this isolationist movement much stronger in respect of Ukraine, which yeah. obviously has less of a call on the uh, on the heartstrings and emotion and tradition of, of the American public than than Israel does, but um, I mean, if President Truman was absolutely central to the founding of the state of Israel, and and the United States at various times has been uh, has been essential to its success, and uh, you know that 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 is bond that I wouldn't have thought there would be a, a significant number of Americans, a percentage of the population would be cavalier about cutting that bond. I, uh, so, but I, 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 there, you get different strains here. You get authentic, if naive, isolationists. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Roosevelt buried that, made the point that if the U.S. isn't somewhat engaged, not, not absolutely engaged in the minutiae, but somewhat engaged in Western Europe and the Far East, uh, the future of democracy is going to be on the line every generation. Because without America being an influence, a positive influence in Western Europe and the Far East, you can never be sure that dictatorial elements won't gain control of the entire Eurasian landmass. And, and, uh, and that was, that's basically Roosevelt's message, and it has been followed by all of his successors of both parties, and uh, with greater or lesser talent, but all of them generally committed to that view. But if we're now getting a, a sort of fortress America, we you know the oceans are wide, the hell with it, we're not interested. That is dangerous. It was dangerous between the world wars, and it would be dangerous if it comes back. We see even now the dangers of of an of, of, of administration that is judged to be amb ambiguous and one that you can take liberties with. I mean, yes. can you imagine 
anyone you're shooting up American bases and things the way the Iranians are doing now with 80 attacks or something? I mean, can you imagine Mr. Nixon or Reagan or John F. Kennedy or Eisenhower putting up with that? Or just the fact that yesterday we played the clip. You have this NSC dummy, uh, Admiral Kirby, asked about the U.S. hostages, and he says, we believe we could get them back. I mean, just any administration of any political color, not saying we will get them back, but we believe we may get them back. He's the author, most recently, of Don J. Trump, a president like no other, but any work with his name on the spine is worth your time. Please follow him at Conrad M. Black. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.